brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are finishing up our Rom-Zom double feature with Return of the Living Dead, part three. Maybe also a surprise Romeo and Juliet story. I don't think as airtight a Romeo (laughs) and Juliet riff as Warm Bodies was. We do kind of have a balcony scene. There is a bit of a balcony scene. It's a bridge suicide attempt. Right. But... Gotta love that photo negative uh, through the looking glass mirror version of this. And the lead character, the 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 Zom at this the core, the center of this ROM, <laughs> is named Julie also. Her boyfriend's name is Kurt, so that throws the rest of it out. There's the an R in Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really we're really grasping at thematic straws. But I think they're a good pairing, actually. It's a very similar, like, I have a military dad who doesn't want us to be together. Yeah. I think it's pretty close. You know, we're of a different world, even though one of them kind of put the other one in that world. We'll talk about it. Yeah, and, you know, I had completely forgotten about this, but directed by, and this is maybe my good thing number one. I'll just, I don't know how this becomes good thing number one, but you know you're in safe hands when it says directed by Brian Usna. Yeah, I was expecting lots of gore and lots of grotesque shit, which is my going to be my good thing for number two, mm-hmm. is that if you really love Returning the Living Dead, and you... Like as a verb? You love Returning the Living Dead? If you love Returning them to the Living Dead. No, if you really love the original film and Tar Man is your jam, yeah, this movie has maximum barrel zombie. It has so much barrel zombie. We we do not deserve the amount of barrel zombie in this movie. Yeah, multiple barrel zombies. And They're every, so good. Every single one of them's fucking great. They're so good. <laughs> good thing number three's got to be Julie herself. She is our main focus of the movie. Unlike the rest of the Return of the Living Dead movies where we're focused on the survivors, this one focuses more on a person who's turning into a zombie, dealing with the angst of that, because now we're in the 90s, we're in the grunge era, not necessarily the punk era, but specifically her third act transformation where she becomes goth queen zombie. She's the fucking coolest. Now we don't get enough of it. Yeah, don't. No, that's, that's a huge bummer. That's my biggest complaint. <laughs> but when it comes, absolutely one of the best things of this movie. Oh, totally. If you have not seen Return of the Living Dead Part 3 prior to listening to this episode, definitely go check it out. Yeah, and I can't say for certain if it's still there right now, but we watched it on Tubi, which means you if you're listening to this when it comes out, you can probably watch it on Tubi tonight. I think it's a great 
Friday night movie and uh, was the first time watched for the both of us, actually, I think, right? I thought it was, but when it when it started, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> yeah. it's, parts of it are so familiar, but I don't know if I'd ever sat down and watched it from beginning. I don't know end. if I finished it. I watched yeah. all of the original exploring the military base stuff. Oh. All of that was familiar. I don't, I don't think I hung on for the transformation, though, which oh, is that's stupid of me. Oh, Brian used and knows how to deliver a third act. That's all I can say. <laughs> They vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remain untested. Oh, come on. No problem on the boss's son, remember? Until they went looking for a thrill and stumbled on the chilling fact. Let's proceed. That even the dead can go on living. They came back to life. We gotta get out of here. And tonight, fate will put their promises to the test. Now that she's dead, he's frightened to live without her. But bringing her back is terrifying. Oh, God, Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. Contain it, damn it! These poor dead bastards crave brains. She bit me. She gave you something bad. I feel the hunger. Now we'll find you down here. What have you done? If she attacks him, he becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. No! Love never dies. Return of the Living Dead Part 3 is currently sitting at a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, a uh, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.0 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I feel like this one is pretty beloved like in the deep horror, horror circle. It's got to just be for Julie, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's all anybody ever talks absolutely. about. Absolutely. A fucking friend of ours has her tattooed on his body. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no one's, no one's getting Julie from the first 80 minutes of this movie tattooed. She's just like a regular old punk girl. Uh, sorry, grunge girl. I like, get it right. <laughs> it's 1993, guys. We're in the Sonic Youth era. We've moved on from... But you know what? There's... there's uh... A common through line between punk and grunge, and it's that the girls just want to be dead. <laughs> the girls just want to be dead. They want to go to Club Kill, which we okay, never get to. Okay, hang on a minute. That was my biggest gripe with this movie, is when we, we start the movie, we're hanging out with the kids at the sunset on like the back of a car, and they're all just you know bumming around, being teenagers. And one of the friends is like, hey, Julie, you going to meet us at Club Kill later? And I was like, heck, yes, she is, and she's going to be undead about it. Right. That never happened. No. I feel robbed. Kim spent 90 minutes of this movie going, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? (laughs) I wanted to see undead Julie like break into Club Kill and be the coolest fucking zombie there. Like after she's transformed, right? That's where you think she's going to go. Yes. Yeah. The whole time. And then friends. There's a rift between them. Like they're they're lovers. Nothing can break them apart. But then, you know, as the zombie stuff starts to set in, they grow apart a little bit. They're not meeting eye to eye. It looks like their relationship's on the rock and you think at some point they're going to separate and she's going to go to Club Kill. 
And then he's going to know she's going to be there. And then he's got to, like, save the club. But whatever. whatever. Big, cool fucking club scene. That's nope. What I was expecting. No, we Instead get, like... we got fucking sewers. Yeah, we get sewers, one convenience store, uh, which is definitely a very real convenience store that they just, you know, got a handshake agreement to shoot in, and some makeshift military labs. I like the military lab. It looked like a bunch of porta potties like stitched <laughs> together. And they were like, this is, shut it down, top secret base. And I was like, those look like fiberglass. <laughs> like you could cut through them with a fucking butter yeah, knife. Yeah, it had a big leprechaun in space energy. Especially when they're like, look at our new zombie guns. <laughs> like the zombie guns that are like compressed gas. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with all of the tech of the movie. I was I was expecting it to be a little cheaper. I was, I was like, all of the tech? What are you talking about? But you're right. At the end of the movie, we have zombies and exos. Yeah, we have robo zombie. <laughs> it's so so I, re- I read online that that, that exos skeleton that Riverman gets put in is weighed 75 pounds. It's pretty heavy. It is pretty heavy. It's not like a 250 pound they Godzilla They splurged for suit, that real but, metal. <laughs> yeah, they did pretty good. In the beginning of the movie, Julie and Kurt break into a military base yeah, where Kurt's we, dad works. We don't really, we aren't really given any reason why other than like, you know, it's cool to- Wouldn't you? It's cool to do stuff. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you if you had heard that there was some sort of weird experiment that was going on that I, your dad was going there for and like you had access to his key card, wouldn't I'm, you break in to see it? I'm too nervous of a Nelly for that. No, I probably wouldn't <laughs> do it either, but- uh, Especially when like, as soon as they get there, a guard is doing his rounds and it's just like, whenever this part of a video game happens, I'm out. I do not like, like avoiding a guard. Yeah. I can't. I cannot handle it. I just it. don't have the patience. Every single time I'm in one of those things, I'm like, what if we just kick down the door and start shooting? And then I never win. Like, I always <laughs> die. My entire team loses. And then I'm like, well, maybe I put this game down for a year and a half. <laughs> I'm not mature enough yet to go skulking around. But they do kind of... I don't want to say underreact because they're like, well, what the fuck? All this shit's crazy. But the first thing they see is a whole human leg being thrown in an incinerator. Yeah. And they're like, cool. You're, oh, you think this would fuck up their entire life? Like, you think this would just be, like, something that they would walk away from? Like, we gotta get out of here, I can't see this. I don't know, wouldn't you think that they would create some kind of friction between him and his dad? Like, you're up to no good with the government? That That isn't really a plot in this movie. That might have happened, but... No, that's a good point. They, I mean, like, he sees even worse than that, because they, they make their way through. They're just sort of, like, peering in from the windows. <laughs> like, the air vents that are blocked by plexiglass. They're just spying. Man, super top-secret experiments, and you're going to let people see in from outside? Why do they even need those vents up top? Like, you're in your, like, enclosed porta potty inside a warehouse. Like, why do you need light coming in? It's true, and it's not to vent out anything, because they're they're working with, what is it, like, Cyclone B or whatever the fucking... No, it's, okay. It's <laughs> it's 245-trioxin, Kim. I was pretty close. <laughs> That's the, the the continuing thing from the previous Return of the Living Dead movies. Like in some way, the only connective tissue is the is the actual gas the, and canned zombies and canned zombies. I love like, canned fact, zombies. Man, they're so good. They're always they, they keep longer than a can of beans does because a can of beans has an expiry date. These zombies never die. No, that's the best part about the Return of the Living Dead movies. That you just can't kill the zombies no matter what you do. You can turn them to goo, and the goo's still going to try and get you. Ugh, that's scary. Yeah. In Return of the Living Dead Part 3, they're trying to... They're trying to solve that problem, because they still... 
The military is still wants to use this as a weapon. They're like, oh, they just don't think we've cracked the, the code <laughs> on this one. It's worth investing more money, more time, and more innocent bodies into. Um, so their their goal now is essentially to uh, find a gun that they like loaded with. I don't know. Antifreeze? Antifreeze, some sort of like nitrogen. <laughs> Wait, when the opposite of antifreeze? Yeah. Instant freeze. Instant freeze. Some Night bullet, liquid nitrogen or some yeah, shit. Some yeah. bullet that they can shoot them in the brain and freeze their heads so that way they uh, are immobilized. It's pretty smart. And it looks cool. It's you say it's smart, but it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Work. It doesn't work at all. I mean, it was a smart. They're attempt. like patting themselves on the back, giving each other high fives, looking away from the room that had a zombie in it a minute ago. And then he wakes up, dethaws after maybe forty-five seconds, and starts eating people again. And then, like, bam, we're off to the races. Shit's gone bad. Uh, nothing has been solved. And the zombies are poised to take over. I think they contain it pretty well. They set that alarm off. They lock the door. They lose two men. Well, there people. People will die. Kim's willing to make. <laughs> Kim's willing to break a few eggs. <laughs> anyway, like this leads eventually to like a fight that Kurt has with his dad because of the failure of this project. Um, some other military official who was just like, mm, I'm pretty sure instead of zombies, we should have exoskeletons for our super soldiers. I feel like once you have exoskeletons, you do not need zombies. No. And I don't think either of us clued in to the to the fact that she wanted to use the exoskeletons on the zombies. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, exoskeletons for your super soldiers. Sure, that makes total sense. Why not? But when they do it at the end, you're like, okay, so now these zombies are super strong. That yeah, you're seem making like them a... stronger, <laughs> more unstoppable. Why was this a better idea? Yeah, and the only, I guess, perk is that they have a switch on their back so you can, like, lock them. Which, so you've got to get real close to them? Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> no. Which also means that other zombies... Zombies could flip that switch and be like, "No, nah, fuck you. He's back online." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they, so they uh, they have shut down Kurt's dad's project. Uh, they're now favoring the exoskeleton uh, route, and he's being relocated to Oklahoma City. Kurt doesn't want to leave. He's established a life here. He's got a girlfriend. He's got drumsticks, but no band. <laughs> uh, he's like, I'm going to move to Seattle, and I'm going to be in a band. It's like, buddy, it's 1993. You're five years too late. Like, yeah, it's, Plaid's going to be out soon. <laughs> yeah, it's almost... Kurt, Kurt Cobain's almost dead. Oh, is that why he's named Kurt? But tragically. Julie dies in the weakest motorcycle accident possible. Hey, man, you know, we were all stunned by Hereditary when somebody died Yo, but that via was impa- telephone That pole. was impactful. She went like, huh, <laughs> into that pole. Didn't hit her pretty face at all. The point Wasn't is. Wasn't impaled? Return I was the, expecting an impalement. Return of the Living Dead Part 3 did it first is all I'm saying. Okay, fine. They killed a girl with a telephone pole and distraught Kurt has no choice. He sees no nothing he can do but bring her back to the military base and revive her with the 245 trioxin. Yeah. Yeah. But Checks I guess because she's so fresh, she's not like instant zombie. You think that's what it is? She's generally like, you know, a girlfriend still. She seems jazzed when she wakes up like they had just done meth or something. She's like, oh, that was so fucking good. Can we do that again? Because she wanted to be dead. Yeah, I mean, she is way more interested in the military stuff that they were watching than Kurt was, like seeing people get put into an incinerator, uh, seeing dead bodies strung up, brought back to life, and then shot in the head. She's jazzed about it. She's also, it's the only thing she's thinking about while they're having sex Okay, you want to hear this fun tangent that uh, that's really relevant but really irrelevant? Okay. So I watch shitty reality TV. Yes. Uh, I'm watching Love Island right now. Of course. <laughs> Love Island Australia, season four specifically. Okay. 
I literally just watched an episode where one of the bombshells, which is like the new girl that comes in when mm-hmm. there's already established relationships or whatever, so they have to like flirt on the fly. They got to come in hard and heavy. Yeah. And she was just like, I have a dead body fetish. No, like, she's talking to a guy and she's just talking about how she wants like real love and like she wants a really like serious emotional connection. And she's mm-hmm. like, when I find which my- Which is what all the fuck boys want to hear. When she's like, <laughs> when I find my husband and you know, I'm going to die before him because that's just what's going to happen. What? She's like, I want to be cremated and I want him to have my ashes but I, every morning in his smoothie, I want him to put a little bit of my ashes <laughs> in his smoothie so I'm with him forever. And she's like, would you eat, would you drink my ashes? And the guy was like, yeah. <laughs> this was, this is a lot. And then <laughs> This in, is day one, she's coming and saying all this? This is then, the first day. Yes. And then in the confessional, he's like, I would not drink her ashes. <laughs> <laughs> Girls just want to be dead. I don't know. Girls just want to be dead. <laughs> oh, girls, they wanna be. That's all they really want. Anyway, um, that's crazy. <laughs> I should be watching this show. Isn't that you. so weird? How I found a connection in my weird, very different interests. I love this. I love that she's just like, you know, it's gonna be irresistible. The craziest thing they've ever my heard. My fucking ashes. Wow. How's she gonna know? Like, just lie to her. Like, just, of course, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And then as soon as she's dead, just chuck her in the bin. <laughs> you wouldn't drink my ashes? Nah, I wouldn't drink any, any, I wouldn't drink ashes in general. Yeah, you know what, in the likelihood they're actually my ashes is probably low. Yeah. You'd probably sprinkle me on the garden, though. Oh, yeah, and then those, and then I'd eat those tomatoes. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine. fine that's, that. See, this is what she should have said. Just use me as fertilizer. <laughs> Put me with the rose bushes. <laughs> Prick your thumb, and then let, let a little blood hit the soil. She's a witch. That's what we're learning. She's actually a witch. Secretly witch. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Where were we in this episode? I think we were talking about how how horny Julia got by death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which totally makes sense. They're just trying to lay the groundwork for the rest of the movie where um, she learns that pain is like there's like a pain for pleasure kind of bend to it. I think she's she's just trying to distract herself from hunger. Well, which is kind of what they like suggest you to do acupuncture wise. If you have a headache or something or you're going to cry or whatever, they're like squeeze <laughs> squeeze the webbing in between your thumb and your pointer finger. So, she's doing that, but the zombie version. Cry for what? Like they're just say if you're sad, hurt yourself is what you're saying to distract. This I do some... that in movie theaters when I don't want to cry during wow. movies. This is some major pain style shit where it's just like, oh, you think you hurt yourself? And then he breaks the kid's finger like, yeah, hey, I bet your foot don't hurt no more, does it? Like, come on. What are you, what? <laughs> I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> okay. So I think when she wakes up and she's a zombie. Acupressure, she... not acupuncture. Okay. Well, <laughs> when she wakes up, she expresses that she can't feel anything. Like she can't feel her fingers. She can't feel her feet. And I think it's, I think it fucks with your brain. She can't feel anything anymore. All she feels is pain from hunger and nothing will satiate her. Like she goes to the convenience store and she tries- Twinkies aren't it. She, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I, I just got to eat as much stuff as I can to figure out what it is that I want. She only eats like hostess style, like whipped 
topping shit. Debbie cakes or whatever. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Uh, Nothing's working. The only only option left is eating someone's (laughs) arm. I've tried nothing and it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she finds that pain stops her from feeling hungry or at least distracts her from it. I think it's also just that being a zombie is painful. And the zombies in Return of the Living Dead Part 1 express it too. I can feel myself rot. Exactly, right? And like eating brains is the only thing that makes them feel anything different or, you know, uh, takes the pain away for even half a second. And the way that she's stopping herself from eating her own boyfriend. It's like an opioid addiction. Yeah. Uh, How opioids, I've been reading about drugs and how they affect your body, Uh is that they actually create pain in your body. So if if you start taking it, you know, because you have a bad back or because you're recovering from a motorcycle injury, which is surprisingly common, Uh your body gets used to like filling those receptors. And as you become an addict... It keeps doing that. So, like, even though that pain should be gone, your body continues making you feel it because it just wants more of that drug. That's the vicious cycle of it, So, it's like all of the pain is created in your head. That's nuts. And, like, how do you how do you tell the difference? Because, like, you feel the pain. Like, it's not like it's it's not like it's not there. Yeah, and opioids don't actually get rid of pain. They, they just, just make your it. brain care less about it. <laughs> I, think, I think they make your brain care less about everything, right? Yeah, like, pretty much. Isn't that the opening of train spotting? Like, you know, uh, choose life, choose soccer, choose this. Like, I chose not to choose anything. I chose heroin. Like, uh, dark days. But, yeah, being a zombie is, like, being a drug addict. Being a zombie is like being a drug addict, and the only way that she can sort of distract herself from eating her boyfriend, because it's the only food source close by all the time. I don't know time. if she wants to eat him. You don't think so? I believe in love. <laughs> I think she wants to def like I don't think I don't think she wants to eat him. I think her body wants her to eat him. Later on in the movie, when we're in the sewers and we're in Riverman's apartment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe it's getting to that point because she's starting to get scared and worried and she's like, ah. You think before that their connection's strong enough that uh-huh. she doesn't, it doesn't even occur to her. Yeah. She's like, I got to eat somebody. I think, Obviously not him. Exactly. Like, oh, well, I wouldn't eat her. I think the power of love, John. Yeah, because there is definitely a moment toward the end when they're being attacked and it almost looks like every, the, the walls are closing in and they're going to die and they're sort of like having one last embrace, one last hug. She does think about eating him. She's been very, very, very hungry at that point. <laughs> so it's okay at that point? <laughs> no, it's not okay. Okay, but she's got but, a little. She tried real hard. <laughs> Riverman's a cool character. Um, he's kind of a stereotypical character, you know, the sort of like homeless philosopher, the sewer prophet. But honestly, just another nice guy, and that's something that I really enjoyed in our last Ramzan movies. I was like, oh. We never get nice side characters who are no. just nice through and through. Like, like, don't fuck you over halfway through. And he's got your classic crazy guy voice like, and crazy eyes. Even <laughs> when people are banging on his door and they're like, where's the girl? Where's the girl? He's he has, like, nah. Yeah. He's got no connection to them. I know. Whatsoever. Just, just a nice guy through and through. And he, so he's got sort of like a pay it forward kind of moment with the kid. Like, why would you help us, man? Like, why would you do this? Like, we're not anybody. You don't know us. Like, why stick your neck out? And uh, he gives him a coin. He's like, when you meet somebody that needs help, you give them this coin. And as long as this coin's out there circulating in the world, some, there's some good somewhere. Honestly, I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so optimistic for a zombie movie. I was just, I ate it up. Hook, yeah. line, and sinker. No, totally, right? Like, like, he's got no reason to help them. Like, inviting them into his house is just inviting danger to his doorstep. But isn't that the real reason why we watch zombie content is because we want to have faith in humanity? Yeah, but I don't know if that's exactly what 
Return of the Living Dead has always been... Um, yeah, but it also hasn't been about love either. And now we have some love content. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't do that in a Return of the Living Dead Like, movie, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just... Uh, but it does make for a great character. And I think also uh, is repeated really well in the third act of the movie. In the convenience store, Kurt and Julie... Like, early on when they're running away and she's trying to, like, find a food source. She takes a bite out of a robber who's shot the shop owner. And that's where she learns that she likes food. And Food? (laughs) Sorry, yeah. (laughs) All teenage girls make that discovery one day. Like, oh, I like food. Just a heads up. John will be one of those people who hides a bite. (laughs) (laughs) He's... We see him getting sicker and sicker, this robber, and he's like slowly turning into a zombie, and the crew is mad, and they're like, that bitch did it. It's something that that stupid girl, and there's oh, there's only one place she could be. They are the, the aqueduct. They are the <laughs> smartest fucking gang in the history of the world. They figure out where they've run to faster than the government did. Yeah, that's true. The like- government who chased them into the alley wasn't able to deduce that they went down into the sewers and that the sewers lead to the river. They come, they come, they find Julian Kurt, they find Riverman there, and uh, Riverman helps them. You know, in the process, he gets attacked. Some of the, these gang members turn into zombies while they're being attacked, but this is also where we see Julie in her final form. Uh, we're way too far into the movie at this point. It hurts. I'm so sad. I yeah. wanted to go to Club Die. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, that would have been rad. But hey, you know, you... You gotta admit, we didn't talk about it a whole lot last week when we were talking about warm bodies, but like the second act of that movie drags on. And like that's a that's a problem. I find too. all movies drag on. Let's be real. Absolutely. Anything that's longer than seventy minutes, it's too long. Like we're all like, ooh, ninety minutes, perfect length for a movie. No. Yeah, seventy like, minutes like is the perfect length for a movie. A, in a rom com movie where they have to like split up at seventy minutes in and Oh, they, how are they gonna get back together? And have it a, looks so bad. Yeah, like have a sad walk in that big park in New York all lonely. Yeah. Like I don't need it. You're gonna to get back together yeah, is totally need fine. Like we gotta. <laughs> I some just of the want best... fucking zombie makeover, makeover, and yes. I want to go to the club. <laughs> and of course, Return of the Living Dead Part Three also has a makeover, makeover. Um, Julie just sort of like exploring the pain, and like this is like this is also how you know that her hunger has become insatiable at this point. Like it's unavoidable. She has to eat. She has to feed. She's got to munch on some brains uh, because she has just destroyed her entire body making herself look like the coolest goddamn bitch at the goth club. Honestly, the, the pattern that she does, like, her face sharps in, she yeah. looks totally like a really sharp girl gremlin. Yeah, she looks like somebody that would be at one of the clubs in Blade, right? Sure. Oh, you're not familiar with that? Mm-mm. There's just, like, so much, like, body mutilation in those movies. Like, there's, I think it's even in Blade 2, there's somebody, like, they're doing this thing where, like, they stretch your back skin out so, like, your spine is completely exposed and Yeah, shit. like, if she saw a Cenobite, they would fist bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her and the Cenobites? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> like, game-recognized game. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm, pain and pleasure, get it. <laughs> She's, she even takes, like, her necklace and braids it through the skin around I didn't, her neck. I, oh. Okay, I appreciated it, but did I, did I need it? Like, it just... I felt it in my stomach. It's so fucking rad. <laughs> She's just like got old bent nails and, and railroad spikes, just like everything sharp. Pieces of glass just sticking out of her collarbones. It's over 100 pieces to apply, for at least from the special effects perspective, and took uh, originally nine hours to do. 
Wow. That's the real reason we don't see it. In the well, movie. I can just imagine like a whole team just spirit gumming little yeah. sharps on. And then you have to do con- like continuity. So you have to take photos of everything. You have to make sure everything's coming out in the same angle. And you got to get the glam squad in there to make her look pretty right and, afterwards. And then she needs brows. She needs lips. <laughs> she needs yeah. mascara. Let's not forget all the important stuff here. <laughs> like she's going to Club Kill. Oh, but the government came before we could get to Club Kill. Mm. <laughs> Man, it's a huge bummer, but it's a problem I've had with a few Brian Usna movies. Society's got a really long second act, but there's a mystery to that movie, right? Where you're like, what's going on? What the fuck is this? Like, you see glimpses of weirdness, and you just want to solve that puzzle. Bride or Reanimator, you kind of know what the score is. Like, you know what you're in for when you press play. You're, you kind of know exactly what the end of the movie's going to be like, and you just want to get there. I think the, it's the, same with this. the issue with Return of the Living Dead 3 is that they knew what they had with that character design yeah, yeah. and it's it's the cover of the VHS box it's, it's the all poster. Yeah, it's all anybody knows about the movie so you're just like fuck yeah Julie zombie here she comes and you have to wait 80 minutes for it it's yeah it, I mean it delivers when you get there yeah, like, no it's fucking that's, rad that's the other thing about a Brian Usna movie is that this fucking guy knows how to make a third act like he delivers okay so the lead guy of the gang when he gets Santos. when he gets zombied <laughs> It's so fucking good because she goes off into Riverman's apartment because it's like a weird rapey scene because he's really into the sharps. I don't know why. Yeah, that was weird. Um, (laughs) But then she comes out and she's holding his head and you think she's beheaded him, but then she's dragging his corpse behind the head and you realize he's still connected by his spinal column. Yeah. But because it, I guess it hasn't been severed and also it's a Return of the Living Dead zombie. Yeah. He's not dead dead. No. So he reanimates and he's got like a floating head on the top of a spinal column. It's just wonderful. It's pretty great. Like she, he, does get his head ripped off completely eventually but that doesn't stop him like the body's still going the head's still alive it's a killer design just like full giraffe mode and i'm just about it but th- so and this, you know we complain about it with rom-com so we complained about it five minutes ago but like when the government shows up kurt has to turn his back on her and i think this is also like right when she's definitely maybe almost going to bite him it's the end either way yeah, like, like he sees it she knows it like they really can't be together but like the government his dad has literally got a gun that's gonna like freeze her head he's like you gotta get away from her son step away and of course julie's like don't leave me kurt don't leave me and it's actually kind of heartbreaking when he has to <laughs> yeah because he doesn't hold her hand while she froze that's all he should do like he should just like at least get out of the way but hold her hand you i know, know? like that's that's all he, she needed he right cowered there. in the corner and i was just not not pleased yeah and like he's got a full debrief like oh thank you so much for your cooperation it's been a real help we really appreciate you know we're you letting know. you into this maximum security yeah all of a sudden you've yeah. got full clearance in a military secret yeah, operation now you can just walk around freely and free your girlfriend because you're having second thoughts well because they're gonna experiment on her and that's just not cool yeah so like that's the thing like when he's leaving he asks his dad what's gonna happen to julie and his dad's like, well, like at this point, th- th- at this point, this is actually pretty good because his dad's like, well, there's no sense in lying to you anymore. Well, and he's off the project. He doesn't have control. That's true. But he says to him, he says to his son that, you know, she's going to become part of the program now. Like she's essentially just like a government secret. She is a lab rat, despite having been a human being, it's despite being a human being currently with full thoughts and like an interiority. Like she has an inner life, like all of the other zombies. And she's still very fresh. Like, she might as well be a human being that they've kidnapped. A really hungry human being. A really hungry human being. They Sadly, they take off all of her cool shit. Like, she's just got scars now. She doesn't have all of the the glass and the spikes and the nails and stuff. That's probably for continuity's sake. It's (laughs) gotta just be for that. 
there's no way the government would like, you know, this is gross. Let's just take all these little bits <laughs> off. I think some of them like started falling out as well. Yeah, maybe. But he comes into this lab room and everybody's behind cages like animals and he can't handle it. He can't, he doesn't want to allow it to happen. He also sees, this is the most important part. He sees Riverman. He sees the pain that Riverman is in. Like he's effectively just become this government military machine where they're just going to put him out into a war zone with his exoskeleton body. He's going to take all of these bullets, all the shrapnel grenades and everything in the name of the U.S. military. But he, he finds the coin in his pocket and he remembers like, next time you see somebody that needs help, you just help them and everybody's been cowering in a corner they're all scared they're all afraid and he can't stand by and do nothing anymore so he opens the cages and chaos ensues yeah so like it's a big zombie outbreak which is wonderful because all of the the barrel zombies get let out and they're super goopy and they're super gross and they shuffle in that lovely zombie way spinal column zombies there everybody (laughs) everybody's Uh, and it's like a big final, we can't contain this zombie I just, showdown. I just realized this is his band. He wanted to join a band. This is his band. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets bitten. He does get bitten. So like he's kind of doomed. Which makes, honestly, this ending better than the other movie because it's a tragedy. Well, this one lays the groundwork for a tragedy. You yeah. Know, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's doomed from the beginning. It's also, it does not have the same sort of squee sentimentality as a movie no, like Warm Bodies but does. I would say this movie is its most romantic in those final moments. Oh, in those, the, the, the most romantic scene of this entire film. This ro- Valentine's Day classic. Well, so his dad's going to let him out. He's holding like the gate open and he's like, come with me, son. You and, don't belong here. And he's like, I do. I got bit. It's too late for me. And, and then, then they, they go off to the incinerator <laughs> and they burn together forever. Rather than waiting it out, getting attacked by the... But they wouldn't get attacked by the other zombies. But like, rather than being like shot up by the military or, or caged and then turned into experiments, they just... Choose death. Set, they set and themselves on you know fire. What? That's what Julie wanted all along. Oh, man. There's a great scene in the middle of this movie after she's tried to commit suicide and they find her at the bottom of the ravine. Obviously not dead, but like semi-unconscious. And she's just like, just let me go. Like she doesn't want it anymore. Like it would be easier for her too if he just abandoned her and she had to deal with this on her own because then she wouldn't have to deal with like the, the morality pain. of it. Yeah. But also just she just wants to die. Like I didn't want to be dead when I was living. Now that I'm dead, I'm not loving it. You know, yeah, like I didn't want to be brought back. Yeah. I was in a great place. I oof. The, the problem though is that what we know about Return of the Living Dead, like the universe of Return of the Living Dead, they're gonna get turned into like whatever steam, whatever gross zombie steam smoke they they turn into isn't going to stop anything. They're just gonna go into the atmosphere and infect the graveyard. They're gonna turn other people into zombies. Are like, you saying that they're ashes or? Well, yeah, because in the Return of the Living Dead Part One. They throw a zombie into the incinerator, and we watch that plume of smoke leave the the funeral home, hit, oh, yeah. hit the clouds, turn to toxic rain, go into the ground, and and the the the, uh, the entire graveyard surrounding it rises up. It just makes right. things worse, right? Circle of life, though. They're going to continue on. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably less consciousness in this element. Like, oh, I would think so. In ash form. <laughs> but there you go, guys. You know, matter cannot be destroyed. It cannot be created or destroyed. It's simply dispersed. It becomes something That's else. the real thesis of Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We didn't talk enough about the barrel zombies. They are hard to describe. 
But the first one is the best. That's one. exactly what I want to zero in on. There is a, the first barrel zombie that shows up who kind of attacks Kurt and Julie when they're in the facility because he he sort of cracks the lid on the two four five trioxin to revive Julie, but he doesn't close the lid properly, and the zombie wakes up, crawls out, and starts attacking them. But it's like his skeleton is sort of like his face is schluffing off his own Ooh. skull. And, but he's also got weird adhesions. Like his head is f- fused to his shoulder because well, he's, been he's been in like, there yeah, so long. exactly. Like he's sort of melting away slowly, but like parts of him are sticking to other parts. And at some point his whole head just like rips off the rest of his skin. Oh, it's like, it's because it looks like he has two heads until his skeleton just rips apart from his body. And then he's like half and half. Oh man, it's great. He looks awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a great fucking zombie design. It also reminded me of one of my favorite urban legends, which I'm sure you've heard before too. The half zombie skeleton? No, not quite that. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure somebody else out there has heard it because it's a, it's an urban legend. It's just like dumb shit that people say around the schoolyard. All or, right, give us a spooky. And then they think give it's us real. a spooky story. Yeah, I remember somebody telling me about a friend of theirs who was in a band. Can and you his... put some crackling fire, please? <laughs> I mean, maybe a bubbling cauldron might work better. Crackling fire. <laughs> Somebody kumbaya. He, uh, he said that his, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend of his uh-huh. had a brother uh-huh. who wanted to commit suicide, but wanted to make sure he really wanted to die. He didn't want to do one of those like real quick ones where you shoot yourself in the head or you hang yourself. Uh, so he like rerouted the pilot from his oven and put it under his tub, so like a boiled frog, he could just like slowly boil away I don't like that no it's awful but then so he could jump out at any point kind of that's thing, exactly or? it oh but he's gonna he wants to die so like the same way that you would do if you were starving yourself so he's in this tub for like two days just like on simmer <laughs> and then he decides that he wants to live but when he steps up and tries to get out of the tub he's his body has become so soft that his skeleton pops oh! out of his body and he dies <laughs> which makes zero sense because your skeleton is not what moves when you move your limbs. <laughs> no, it's great though. <laughs> but it's like that that image always haunted me as a kid. Even if it's just like he degloves himself and the muscles and shit are yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's way cooler when you're eight years old and you hear that a, your entire skeleton pops out of your body. <laughs> no! <laughs> and you never went in the bath again. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, this is the most twisted uh, Midnight Society story ever. <laughs> Okay, so Return of the Living Dead Part Three, no club kill. No club kill. Real what are you gonna, What are you going to give it out of four? I'm giving Return of the Living Dead a three out of four. Like I'm going to do I'll, three out of four as well. But but a rock solid three out of four. Yeah, the zombie designs are really cool. Julie looks fucking badass. Yeah, it's just got a real second act slump. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a a real long transformation. Yes, man, I wish we had more of it. If she if she like oh, can you imagine like. 45 minutes into this movie he's t- he's having his heart to heart with Riverman they hear a noise they turn around and Julie's there and she's like how's it going boys let's go clubbing like and, th- and then we went to club kill like that's all we needed we just needed like one little sequence of her having fun as yeah. like really cool goth Julie we needed more Frankenhooker less that's original exa- Frankenstein that's exactly it but yeah three out of four from the both of us still a great movie uh, definitely one of the best sequels of the return. Of, I say that like I've seen all of them. Now I've only seen the first three. I like it more than part two. I'll say that. Uh, great zombie movie. Awesome rom-zom. 
And we'd love to hear what you think of Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Hit us up in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Or social media, wherever you want to reach out. I mean, fuck, you can send us an email. Mail at nofspodcast.com. We get a lot of emails, so uh, I promise I'll try and reply to it as soon as I can. No guarantees. If you've been a fan of Nightmare on Film Street for a while and you want more NOFS content or you want to hang out with us at one of our watch parties, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nightmare on film street or nofspodcast.com slash fiend club for a few bucks a month. There's hours of bonus content there waiting for you. And like Kim said, info on where you can hang out with your fellow fiends, join one of the watch parties. But you can support the show for free by just mentioning it to a friend, somebody that you know loves horror movies, somebody that's as casually obsessed as you are. But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.